Thank you to Verb Energy for supporting this episode of Rogan Reasoned. In need of a little morning boost or afternoon pick-me-up? Verb Energy's bite-sized bars pack as much caffeine as a shot of espresso, just without the coffee jitters. Actually, they are made with organic green tea and come in flavors like maple blueberry, coconut chai, salted peanut butter, and vanilla latte. And at just 90 calories, we can all continue to try and be our best selves in 2021. Are you in? Snag your 16-bar starter pack and get over 50% off using my exclusive link in the show notes for this episode. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at Verb Energy and show off your favorite flavor in your stories and posts. Hey guys, welcome back to Rogue and Reasoned. I so appreciate you reconnecting with me and showing up to listen because it has been a minute, which was absolutely not intentional. I'm sure that everyone can agree that 2020 didn't go as planned at all, but even beyond that, mine went really, really wrong and I had to step away. According to my calendar, I've quote unquote missed... 11 weekly episodes with you. 11. That's hard for me to say. I had put so much work into launching this podcast, connecting with amazing sponsors, pouring my thoughts into each episode, and beginning to grow this badass community. I didn't want to be another one of the thousands of podcasts that only have a few episodes sitting out there because people gave up on their show. I didn't want all the people that had begun to follow regularly each week to be disappointed and never listen again. And I didn't want to look unreliable and that I wasn't capable of following through. I preach consistency in digital business, and here I was being inconsistent as fuck. At first, I thought I would just miss a couple of episodes, but once things started spinning, there was no way... I could genuinely give you guys any part of me. Pushing out pre-recorded content seems stupid because I literally didn't have it in me to interact with you on any of it after you listened. Nor did I have the time or the headspace to create new, purposeful conversations. I didn't see any of what happened coming. Now, my life still isn't back to normal, to be honest, I'm pretty positive I've felt every human emotion possible over the past few months, and I'm still feeling a fair amount of them on a daily basis. I haven't navigated this before, and I am completely learning as I go. It wasn't supposed to happen this way, none of it, but it did, and the only way is through. So even though I'm still a little raw, it's time to find a rhythm. So here goes nothing. All right, I'm just going to say it and get it over with. My dad died. I need to just throw that out there because it's super hard to even speak, even right now. I feel like I have a lump in my throat and I still haven't fully processed it. My dad was one of my best friends. So it felt like losing two people at once, a parent and my best bud. 
We definitely had some messy moments in our life, but most of them were filled with an unconditional bond and lots of laughter. I looked up to him and I was a daddy's girl for sure. He had just turned 70 this year and just retired. The man worked his ass off for 55 years and ended up getting a few months to actually chill and enjoy them. In those months, he spent weeks at our house helping us handle life while our dog Bolt struggled to recover from two different surgeries. I was insanely stressed during this time. Bolt needed to be watched 24-7. My husband and I were trading off sleeping with him on an old futon on the living room floor for about two months. We both obviously had work. There was social unrest and, of course, COVID restrictions. Having my dad here meant that we could step away to get our work done, go to the grocery store for 15 minutes, or get an extra hour of sleep in an actual bed. And even though I don't wish Bolt or any of us had to go through all of that shit this summer, I am truly grateful that I had time with my dad because it ended up being some of my last. That time meant I got to hear a few stories of his college days I hadn't heard before while I cooked us dinner or about some of his last moments with his dad back in the 90s. I was able to tell him all about my plans for this podcast and how anxious I was for it to launch. He downloaded every podcast app so he could listen to each episode on them all and asked me a million questions about how podcasts work. It gave us an excuse to make our favorite pepino cocktails or drink wine until 1 a.m. while we binge watch Netflix together. It gave Ryan time to shoot the shit with him and our pups time with their grandpa. Our boys loved him. He always brought them toys, and they were way more excited to see him than they ever were to see us. And eventually, we got our lives back under control, and he left to return to his every day. And that was the last time we really spent together. A few weeks later, my dad got sick, like really bad flu sick. So he went and got a COVID test. And it came back positive. It gave me a little recourse, but he was told to stay home and monitor his own symptoms, so I didn't immediately freak out about it. I sent over tissues, green juices, ginger tea for nausea, et cetera, et cetera, to his house. I texted him and called him every day. Some days he felt better, and other days he barely responded because his fever was so bad. And ultimately, by Day 10 of being sick, he was admitted into the hospital. His at-home pulse oximeter indicated his oxygen was getting way too low. Four days later, I was FaceTiming my goodbyes to my dad minutes before he was placed on a ventilator. We all hoped it would just be temporary and that we would have hellos again soon, but we did it just in case. I broke down in my living room after we hung up from that call because who says goodbye on fucking FaceTime? The next five weeks were insane. As his power of attorney, it was now my responsibility to handle his life and not just his day-to-day -day life and bills, but literally his life. It was up to me to make every healthcare decision and advocate for him each step of the way. 
Now, doctors and nurses all over are so overworked right now, and I so appreciate their hard work. However, during my journey and my dad's journey, the communication with the hospital he was in was a disaster, and the added frustration and pain of not being able to be there with him killed me. He was all alone. And then we got a glimmer of hope. He was able to be removed from the ventilator. I was so happy, but still so cautious. I had seen what had transpired over the past couple of weeks and knew we weren't out of the woods. And it turns out we weren't. Secondary problems set in and everything snowballed into a mountain that his body just could not climb. It was fucking devastating and I've never felt so out of control in my entire life. I was sleeping three hours a day, on the phone with doctors and nurses all day long, and still didn't feel like I was getting him anywhere. I just wanted to be there, and I just wanted to fix it for him. Now, I don't know that I'm ready to dig into all of the details of what transpired at the end, but honestly, it was like a Hallmark movie. If it had to be the end, if there was truly no way out, then it couldn't have been written any better. We were together when he passed, and I will forever be grateful for that. I know that so many people have been robbed of that opportunity over the past year, and I would really be struggling a lot more if that wasn't graced to me. But of course, even that doesn't feel like enough because we really just want him here. When someone you care about dies, I've realized a part of you kind of dies too. A part of your history goes with them. There are memories, stories, and experiences only they will understand. And they are no longer here to share in them with you. They can't step in and remind you when you forget the details. No one will really know what something was like except for them. Even after he died, I still couldn't catch my breath. Everything felt so unreal, and I had to handle funeral home arrangements, make notifications, file documents, hand out his social security number like freaking candy, pack belongings, and just really learn what to do when someone passes away. It's not a life skill that you're taught at a young age. I began resenting everyone who told me to take my time dealing with his affairs because Fun fact, you have to file one last tax return for your loved one, and since he died so late in the year, I didn't have much time to handle certain things that would be affected by that. Maybe if he died in January, but not a few days before Thanksgiving. Support for this episode also comes from Fiverr. With Fiverr, you can save time, money, and energy on things your business needs, but you don't have the time for or have any interest in doing. Do you think I edit my own podcast? Honey, no. I am not cut out to be a sound engineer. By outsourcing this weekly task to someone else, I significantly reduce my stress and free up my time to produce content I am passionate about and not dreading. Fiverr has a ton of other freelance services too. Virtual assistants, grant writers, you name it. Visit the link in my show notes or head to www.lauraswansiegman.com and click on consulting to view Fiverr as one of my business resources.
The holidays were hard, and truthfully, we just ignored them. My dad's obituary came out in the Thanksgiving edition of the Chicago Tribune, and we didn't even decorate, not one bit, for Christmas. Both days, my husband and I just ate cheese, drank booze, and watched documentaries alone with our dogs on the couch. And you know what also sucks? Hearing exactly how your loved one died over and over and over again a million times a day. We cannot escape COVID talk right now. It's on social media. It's on every commercial. It's on the news. It's at the grocery store. It's the only thing people ever want to complain about or talk about. If someone you care about dies in a car accident, No one sits there and makes you look at photos of car accident victims dying in a hospital or endless footage of horrific vehicle wrecks over and over. But we have to. We can't escape the topic and we constantly have to relive our experience. None of it was supposed to happen this way. We were supposed to get out of quarantine and the world was supposed to rebound. We were supposed to spend time with my dad for Ryan's birthday and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I was supposed to launch a new program before the end of the year and release 11 more podcast episodes. My dad was supposed to enjoy his retirement. 2020 might have started out rough and we might have had to go through things this summer, but it was supposed to end really, really well because we were powering through all the hard shit and getting it over with. It wasn't supposed to get harder, (laughs) but file this under life lessons or at the very least life reminders that nothing is guaranteed to go to plan. It wasn't supposed to happen this way, but I guess I take it as a reminder of all the other times shit has gone wrong in my life when I didn't get to complete my dream internship or when a relationship didn't work out when our dog passed away suddenly, or when I missed out on a huge business opportunity. None of those things felt good, uh, but to some extent, it, it had to end up that way. Otherwise, a whole other set of dominoes would have been knocked down than the ones that did. If I had been able to head to the East Coast for my dream internship, I wouldn't have been around to take my dad to the hospital when he had a heart attack, and I wouldn't have had the past 11 years with him. If that one relationship had worked out, I wouldn't be with my amazing husband. We miss our pup Wheezy, but we never would have been able to save Marshall from being euthanized. And that huge business opportunity wouldn't have made me happy in the long run. It it wasn't meant for me. You will be shifted in life, no matter what your plans are. I don't want the past few months to have happened, but they did. And I'll be damned if I don't make something come from it. You have to use your pain as purpose or it's all pointless. Pain alone just gives you rage. Purpose is what gives you strength and strength gives you courage to do big things. I plan to do big things. And if you're here and redefining reckless with the rest of us, I know you plan to do big things too. Right before my dad died, I told him I would be okay. And I will. There's no other option. He was strong through his experience, and there's no reason for me not to be through mine. 
I know I'm not the only one that has had a completely shit year and recently had the worst experience of their life so far. If that's you too, I'm so, so sorry. And I'm giving you a huge hug right now. It sucks, but you're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. We'll get through it. If it hasn't been you and you're faring okay, hopefully you're reminded to appreciate where you're at and be patient with everyone you meet. You may not realize the person standing next to you in line at the store is just barely holding their shit together. In fact, I'll never forget the kindness of a stranger one day the past few months. It was about one in the afternoon and I hadn't eaten anything since probably 5 p.m. the day before. I'd been on the phone with the hospital since about 6 a.m. and I quickly ran to Starbucks to grab my mobile order. My mask was on, my head was down, and I was just trying to get in and out. My food, of course, wasn't ready right away and I had to wait a minute, which was fine. And another girl that was waiting stepped a little closer and told me that I looked really pretty and that she liked my mask and outfit. And I was kind of caught off guard and just said, thank you really quickly. I thought to myself, how could she even tell what my face was like with a mask? Was she talking about my red eyes with dark circles around them? My black leggings and Converse wouldn't be what I would consider my best outfit either. (laughs) So when I went to leave, she made a point to say goodbye and wished me a good day. Honestly, it must have just been written all over me, in my eyes, my body language, whatever, that I was struggling. And even though I still don't fully believe her compliments based on my own memory of my appearance that day, it was so nice to hear. It was nice to be seen for a second when my whole world was crumbling and no one knew what was going on. So take that with you and remember to be patient and kind. I know I will take that and keep it as a lesson of my own also. So where to from here? Well, like I said, it's time to take pain and turn it into purpose. I gave myself some grace over the past several weeks. I let myself suck for a minute. I wasn't winning at anything, but I was just trying really hard not to be a total loser. Eventually, something has to interrupt the pattern, and that's me. And for you, it's you. Nothing else is going to magically come along and transition you out of the hell that you're in. That's on us to do. So I'm back in the driver's seat and more motivated than ever to accomplish my goals, work on my business, and grow the Rogan Reason community. We are going to have a lot of great conversations this year, and I'm so excited to get rolling again. I need this. So thank you for your patience, and thank you for coming back to Redefine Reckless with me. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and family so that we can all do this together. I got you, dude, and I know you got me. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Rogan Reason. To learn more about me, your host, and the Rogan Reason podcast, visit www.lauraswanseekman.com slash podcast and follow along on Instagram at Rogue Reason Podcast.